Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. A new survey has found that over 40% of workers in the early childhood sector are effectively seeking employment elsewhere. And we have spoken to them on the air on numerous occasions. I spoke to one woman who said she wanted to leave the industry and work in Aldi because she could earn more money. And the Early Years Professional Survey report was compiled by social scientist uh, Dr. Amy Greer Murphy, who said that today or said today that professionals are still struggling with low pay and insecure working conditions, feel undervalued by society and experience work-related stress. And SIP2 Head of Strategic Organising, Darrell O'Connor, warned that unless pay and conditions are addressed soon, the sector is on the verge of a mass exodus. And he joins me on the line. Good afternoon to you, Darrell. Hi, Niall. How are things? Uh, and when you say on the verge of mass exodus, I know of one example of somebody in the industry who wants to move to Dubai. Um, in other words, they're training over here, but because the money is so bad, the conditions are so bad, they can go elsewhere in the world and be appreciated a lot more and earn a lot more money, which is not good for Ireland, is it? No, and a lot of people who are going out, getting degrees, getting qualifications in early years in childcare, they're getting a really raw deal. So instead, of, we're asking them to train up to do this really important job. It's, it's essentially it's a public service to look after children uh, it's absolutely necessary and they spend all this money to get qualified, get their degree, get their master's and when they come out, they're earning on average €11.91. It's pittance. Now, it doesn't, yeah, I, I mean... It doesn't what, don't get me wrong, I know people are on minimum wage all across the, the country, but it is pittance for somebody who's skilled, somebody who's trained, somebody who's gone to the trouble of, you know, getting a degree, as you rightly said, or a master's. I mean, it is pittance. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't doesn't take a genius to figure out that this is what's driving uh, the really high turnover rates within the sector uh, and also why, you know, know, thousands of people are trying to find jobs in other sectors. And exactly as you said, Niall, people are going to Dubai, people are working as special needs assistants, and absolutely people are going going down to Lydon Aldi because they can get a 20 or 30% pay increase just by doing that. But but isn't isn't that terrible how undervalued they feel and how undervalued they are that people who are working with children, which, you know, we always say is, you know, a joy to see people who can work well with children, uh, educating our children, which is educating our future, uh, can walk down the road and get a job in a supermarket, even though they've trained for, for years to do what they're doing and get a master's in it, they can walk down the road and get a job in a supermarket and get more money. That's shocking. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I think it does. It is about kind of valuing that profession in it, in its own right, and it should reflect, uh, you know, the qualifications and the, the you know the importance of the role. People should be able to earn a decent living. So it doesn't matter if you're working in childcare or Little or Aldi or anywhere. Right, people deserve to have decent paying conditions. So certainly, pay is a big issue, and it, it, sorry, pay is certainly the biggest issue. But we also see that all the other benefits that you might expect like sick pay or pensions or, or maternity leave. Right? It'd be nice to have maternity leave in a sector where it's 98% women. They're virtually non-existent. So there's, so there's a long way to go for us to be able to move from where we are to where we need to get to. Because the, the problem of low pay is obviously a big problem for, uh, for the workers, but it's also a big problem for the providers and for parents. Because providers are struggling. If they can't hire the staff, well, that means that they have to close down rooms or the staff shortages, right? They can't operate their business. That undermines their sustainability as well. So it's a problem for them. And then it's, all, it's a problem for parents. 
I mean, I mean, it, all, it also mentions here as well, by the way, that one in five respondents said they worked a second job, while 65% stated they regularly did unpaid work, and 90 90% uh, didn't have a work pension, and 60, 63% didn't get paid maternity leave, which is shocking in itself, by the way. You'd imagine that to be illegal, apart from else. But anyway, 63% didn't get paid maternity leave. But the fact that one in five are, are working a second job, I mean, you don't want people working a second job because if they're working a second job, obviously they're going to be tired and they're not going to be you know, capable of doing both jobs adequately because, look, that's common sense. So we want them focused on the job they're doing. We want to pay them enough that they're focused on the job they're doing. I mean, if I had to work a second job, for example, to sustain my income, you know, and had to do another show in between the two shows I already do here, well, then I'd be burnt out, wouldn't I? And that's, that's going to be a difficult situation for a lot of people in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. And anyone with children will tell you, will know uh, just how demanding looking after young children is. But right? it's it's not. Um, it, it can be. It, it is tough work. And when you, if you meet earliest educators after they've done eight nine hours after an eight or nine hour shift, they're exhausted. It, this is tough, tough work. Oh, I know it is. I, look, we, we all have children, so we know what it's like to work with children. And I'm not going to say they're difficult. But I mean, you mentioned, of course, that you know the problem, it's a big problem for parents too. And I wanted to just get back to that, if I can, in relation to parents. I mean, obviously, they have to pay a large amount of money in, in a lot of cases to have their children you know, looked after, if it's going to work for early education or whatever it happens to be. But the state obviously will turn around and say, well, we can't put any more money into this. The parents are already paying for it anyway. But obviously, it's not enough money to pay for insurance, to pay for everything else that's, you know, they have to pay for, for example, in a crash or wherever it happens to be. So what's the answer then? The government needs to put a, put money into it, basically. Well, well, it, it, the short answer is yes, absolutely. And it, if you look at any other country that's cracked this problem, it does mean that the state either uh, invests money in or delivers it directly itself. That, that's how you do it. And that's how you're able to reduce the fees for parents. Now, I know, I know the state already do, you know, put money into it, but it's not enough, the point is. No, it's, it's not enough. And there's another thing as well with it is that if, if it puts the money in, I have to know that the money's going to deliver. But should they get it back? Here's, but here's the thing. Sorry for, for cutting. Yeah. They're getting the money back again because if they're subsidising, uh, you know, and properly subsidising early learning years, uh, it means that parents, both may, you know, mum and dad, can go to work and afford the mortgage and everything else, right? They can go to work and then earn money and pay tax. So it all comes back to them anyway. So I don't see what the problem is. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 I, I'd agree with you absolutely, and I mean that is the, you know, one of the biggest barriers for, and, and it is particularly women entering the, into the into labour market or going back into work, is the cost of childcare. It's a second mortgage. We, we, you know, it's, it's it's really really tough going, mm-hmm. and you know what we need is that if the money goes in from the state, we need to know that it's going to do two things: that it, it, this money goes in and it, it's going to reduce the out of pocket expenses for parents, but also has a decent pay for. The, the, the staff, right? Because we want to mm. have good quality for our children as well, and so that's why we have we need mechanisms. And they're uh, touch wood, they're coming into place later on this year, where increased government funding will do just that. And we, you know, um, we should be looking at it. Are you familiar with the French model and how they deal with it in France? You pay for your children in a crash based on your income. So, in other words, based on your income, anywhere between one hundred and sort of eight hundred a month, whatever it is, and you know, if you're earning say thirty five thousand a year, you only pay three hundred. If you're earning sixty thousand a year, you pay seven or eight hundred for your child. If you're earning twenty thousand or not earning at all, uh, you pay a hundred. So it's based on your income, and the government subsidises the rest. And yeah, that's the I mean, that's done. a that's a, a really fair way of doing it, isn't mm-hmm. it? And we've got the we've got the beginnings of that in Ireland. But I, you know, what happens is that. Uh, 
for a lot of parents, they, they get a, a subsidy, but it's, but it's, it's a fairly modest subsidy. And, you know, mm-hmm. we need to make sure, we need to kind of see that, uh, that cost for parents come down kind of dramatically. And you, we have to just make sure that if the money goes in, goes in, that you can kind of have control over it as well. That's what the state wants to say, no, okay. we're going to do it. We're going to give you millions and millions of euro. We've got to make, we want to see it. We want to see the fees come down or we want to see the wages go up. We're not just going to give it in and hope and pray that something happens, right? They need guarantees and that's, you know, more than reasonable, you know. Mind you, our next topic coincidentally is Mick Barry, as you know, from Solidarity People Before Profit is putting a motion before the government today to raise the minimum wage to 15 euro. That could be the answer to everything here, couldn't it, I suppose, if that's the case. Although I'm cautious about that too because, of course, we don't want to see inflation pushed up either, you know. So we have to be careful how we balance that one. But listen, I appreciate you coming on the air, Dara. Thank you very much indeed. No, thank you very much. There you go, Dara O'Connor, who's the SIP2 head of strategic organising, suggesting that certainly we are going to lose through mass exodus people who work in the early child care sector uh, because they're not being paid enough, they're not being valued enough. Um, and they're not. I mean, look at the money they're on. It's crap. You know what I mean? And I know you're paying a lot of money for to have your kids looked after. I get that. But the crash that you're leaving your kids into, there's other bills there, you know what I mean? They've health and safety, they've insurance, they've rates, they've all sorts of bills. Karen, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Karen? Hi, Niall, how are you? Now, Karen, you took over a crash just before the pandemic. That was bad timing, sadly. I uh, know. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and did, I, did we know back then how long it was actually going to go on for you? Know? No, no, I so, wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. So yeah. that worked out too well for you. But anyway... Um, you feel now that you may have to close. Why? Why is it? Is it uh, staff? Well, no. Well, staff to try and get staff is is impossible anyway at the moment. Um, people just don't want to work in the sector anymore. Um, the the childcare sector is governed by three different bodies. We're answerable to three different government departments. So, at my position at the moment, not only am I the educator in the room, I'm also the manager. So, I have to keep on top of the paperwork. And, you know, and that's paperwork for TUSA, paperwork for Bubble, and paperwork for the Department of Education. If you keep on top of it all, by the end of the day, I spend more time on my paperwork than I do with the children. And it's it's just, it's not rewarding. I don't come out with a decent wage, you know, mm-hmm. for that. And, and for the years that I've worked, I'm in childcare 17 years. I have a master's. Um, if I apply for another job tomorrow morning, the average wage I'll be offered is eleven fifty to twelve fifty an hour. That's incredible, isn't um, it? In Dublin, I would be offered more, but I couldn't afford to go up and down to Dublin every day. Obviously, um, only one place ever valued me properly and paid me properly. And you know, the, just the majority of places expect absolutely everything, and it isn't. Like, I mean, I'm now the manager. Um, I had a girl working with me last year. I, I paid her a fair wage. Going off her qualifications, I paid her a fair wage. I offered to help her advance. But she was just like, no, I'll get more working in London. No, I'll get more working in Dunn. Mm-hmm. And, and, and she would too. Exhausting. You know, it's yeah. not as exhausting. Yeah, and, and you don't have to take it home with you. There's no stress. You just... You know, that's I don't it. know, you sell yeah. people groceries and that's the end of it and you get paid more money than you would looking after children who can be difficult. They can be wonderful, that's but it. they can be difficult. Uh, you they know, and, you need, and it's a special skill, you know what I mean? Well, that's it. I mean, it's a skill that I, I believe I do have at this stage. I mean, I'm in childcare 17 years. I don't think any parent of any child I've ever looked after or ever educated would mm. say I wasn't very beneficial to their child. I mean, I was. Um, but, I mean, this year... There, there's new funding being announced. So if you set yourself up there now in your head with your life at the moment, Niall, 
and you say to yourself, right, come September, this, 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 and this is in place. Come September, I can't tell you what my funding is going to be. Because I don't know. But so you, can't, you can't even plan ahead? I can't plan ahead. I, I am short children for next year at the moment. And I'm trying to do the math and trying to do the accounts to figure out, can I stay open? Because September 23... There but but give people an idea of, of, the, of the cost. Because people, all they see is, oh, well, parents pay a lot of money for childcare. And they do, by the way. They pay a lot of money. It is expensive. Yeah. It's not cheap. But neither is staff. But, I mean, okay, so how many staff do you need per... Ch- per or many children per staff member, is it? What's the, the rules? Right, so, so my... my the, the area that I have at the moment, I'm ECCEs, which is the Early Childhood Care and Education. So it's preschool. Okay. Um, so it's one member of staff for 11 children. Okay. And on average, what does a parent pay to have their child? Uh, they sp- don't pay for the ECCE year. The government... The state pay for that part, yeah. That. Yeah, it came in 10 years ago. The government have never increased it. All right. So, okay. So you, you're not taking in people before that period of time where they have to pay themselves? Mm-hmm. No. no. If I do, believe it or not, I would have to pay rates. I would have to pay extra rent. I would have to apply to Tusla for a change of circumstances. It's the amount of red tape that, that's caught in childcare. I mean, I have parents this year that said to me they don't have a child that's the right age for ECCE. They're willing to pay for a younger child to come in. If a child is three before the 31st of December, they're eligible for two free years. If they're three on the 1st of January next year, they're not eligible. There's one day in the difference. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Well, that's, that's so the, you're, you're, you're right with the red tape. So, okay, yeah. I, now, in relation to staff... Have you been having difficulty getting staff? I've, I have advertised for staff and it's, it is impossible. It is and, and in your impossible. experience and from your observation, where are the staff going? The most of them are gone back into to retail and an awful lot of them are, are desperately seeking SNA jobs. Okay. I mean, so this... And is that, does that pay better, an SNA job? Yeah, well, an SNA, an SNA job pays on average four euros an hour more. Okay. Um, you don't have to have the same are qualifications. Many, are many going abroad? A lot, Ari. A lot of, I mean, a lot have gone to Australia that I know of, mm-hmm. and they're paid very well in Australia for childcare. Yeah, Dubai, know, I believe. Very, Dubai very is another well. big yeah. place they, they go to That's as well. It, yeah. yeah, especially if you have a degree, like, which I do have, but I have yeah. a family and I have ties here. So, okay, and so yeah. your plan now is, well, you don't really have a plan as such because you don't know what you're going to do in September, as you rightly said yourself. But, I mean, you yeah. feel like you may have to close. Well, I, well as, as I said to you, so it's sixty nine fifty a child. That's what the government pay. I get paid a little bit extra because I have a degree. Yeah. Right now, I do not know what the funding is in September. They, they are pulling all that funding that we're used to looking at. And they've announced a big new core funding, which a flat, payment, a flat payment per child per week based on the number of hours they've attended. They've capped the number of hours children can attend my setting. If I turned tomorrow morning to all my parents and said, guys, I'm going to open 25 hours a week, all of their children would be with me 25 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to do it. Yeah, okay. You know, and you're telling them, you're saying to them, like, oh, this is... So in other words, that, oh, what, you're telling me, yeah. what you're telling me really in short here is they've made the whole thing just too complicated. They've made it very complicated. They've left childcare um, providers and childcare staff unsure of what's going to happen. Currently, a lot of childcare providers would have staff on the WSS, which started with the pandemic, which was brilliant at the time because we needed to have children in pods. We needed extra staff. But there's going to be a mass um, letting go of staff then as well because that's been pulled back. And you know what I mean? You're, you're there then going, where am I going to get the money? Because I don't have this extra money. 
to afford the staff that I had to take on during the pandemic to keep the pods isolated. It's it's just it's just roundabouts, roundabouts okay. and swings or whatever you call it. I know, I know. Look, yeah. and I'm really sorry you're in that situation. And most people, by the way, you're not you're not alone. By the way, can I say we've loads and loads of texts from people in similar situations, um, as yourself, and they don't know whether they'll be open in a year's time because they don't know what they're going to be doing in a year's time. But listen, I appreciate you coming on the air, Karen. I value you. I think the people who have the children value you. But I I know as childcare worker you feel undervalued and that's the way well, most of them yeah. feel yeah yeah okay well listen thank you very much indeed Karen uh, lots and lots of texts by the way coming in lots of WhatsApp messages as well I have some audio here too on WhatsApp to play you know, I can't come on the show now because I'm just doing assignments for college and I have a four year old and a one year old so while I have time Um I was in childcare for 10 years loved it worked as a nanny and then I went back after I had my first child um, to a crash because the hours and stuff were better but the pay was just deplorable like after doing so much education I was still on 10.50 an hour I mean crazy how bad it was um, I worked part time so I got a little bit of social welfare to top that up but I couldn't survive on that so after all them years and all that experience I'm now back in college and I'm doing healthcare because I just couldn't do it anymore. This morning I dropped my little boy into play school. Absolutely beautiful teacher. Um, in his play school and she told me she's leaving on Friday. Again, nothing to do with the place. It's the wages. She was like, I just can't afford to live. I'm not going to get anywhere working here. So um, she's leaving. And this happens the whole time. It's very, very sad to see. Something has to be done. Something does have to be done. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.